今日准备平安。Peace be to you, dear brothers and sisters. Let's continue on in our series, God's Vessel. Today, our topic is history is his story. Chapter two of the book of Daniel. You know, the book of Daniel was written in two languages. Chapter one was written in Hebrew. Chapter two to seven was written in Aramaic. Well, chapters eight to twelve was written in Hebrew. Uh, Aramaic is kind of like English today. It was called the universal language during that time. So chapters two to seven was written with uh, with the uh, foreigners or Gentiles in mind. There's a very uh, unique structure in chapters two to seven. Look at this PowerPoint. Chapters, uh, chapters two and seven are corresponding to each other. While chapter three corresponds to chapter six. And chapter four corresponds to chapter five. Because chapter two talks about a dream of this large statue. While chapter seven talks about a dream of the four beasts. Chapter 3 is a fiery furnace. Chapter 6 is a lion's den. Chapter 4 talks about the humbling of the king. Well, chapter 5 talks about the king's pride. These are, uh, these are chapters that correspond to each other. Look at chapter 2. This is about the dream of this very large statue. Here it tells us that history is truly God's story. This was the chapter when God has shown Daniel the whole of history. And here, God has shown Daniel that history is truly is, is in God's hand. When, when Daniel understood this vision, he bowed down and worshipped God. Look at uh, chapter 2, verses 20 21. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Daniel gave glory to the God of heaven. And let's reinforce this by looking at Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. You know, Alpha and Omega are the first and last character in the Greek character alphabets. 
God is saying, I'm the beginning and I'm the end. Everything begins with me, everything will end with me. History is the story that God has left for the world to see. Let's look at chapter 2 today. Let's, let me explain the verses here in this chapter. And how we can apply these truths into our daily lives. Chapter 2 is very long. There are 49 verses. But if you are to look at Daniel as a central character, we can divide this uh, chapter into three portions. It's uh, from the First 23 verses, it talks about Daniel asking God to reveal the dream's meaning. Chapter 20, uh, verse, verses 24 to 45, talks about Daniel interpreting the dream for the king. And verses 46 to 49, it talks about the outcome of the uh, interpretation of the dream by Daniel. Let's look at the first part. Daniel asking God to reveal the meaning of the dream. The first 13 verses talks about the king having this dream. But he cannot remember his dream. But if you are carefully to study this, uh, these verses, verse 1, verse 1, if you are to look at the, uh, the original text, the dream there is in pl plural form. It's dreams. But if you are to look at verse 3, then the dreams have become singular, dream. What does this mean? It means the king will have the, uh, identical dreams every day. So it's many dreams, but it's just one dream. But every time he wakes up, he forgets all about it. So verse 2. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamt. And when they came when they came in and stood before the king. It talks about four kinds of people. Magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. If you are to look at the English version, it's even more clear. These are people who are vastly educated, vastly skillful, very, very uh, intelligent. So the king summoned all of these people to interpret his dream for him. If you are to look at verses 3 to 11, these are the two conversations that the king had with these people. And twice these people answered in the same way. Tell me your dream. And then we'll try to explain it to you. But the king said, I cannot remember this dream. But you need to explain it to me. If you explain it, and explain it clearly, I will reward you richly. But if you don't 
Explain it to me. Long zhong zhan tao. All of you will be beheaded. This Li Bo Gan Bei Shao is actually a bawang. This king is truly a tyrant. Wan Zhan Bei Gong Li Yu. He is unreasonable. So, so they have they have nowhere else to turn, and that's why they said. In verse eleven. They say, when the king, what the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. It's, this answer is very reasonable. Aside from the gods, nobody can explain this to you. Of course, the gods they were referring to is not a god, a Jehovah God that we believe in. But what they said is correct. So because things that are in secret, that things that are mystery, mystery, that they can only be revealed by God. We don't know anything about it. That's the meaning of Deuteronomy 2929. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Of course, King Nebuchadnezzar rejected this. He was so angry. So he made a command to kill all these people. From verses 14 to 21, 23, talks about the command that the king, king Nebuchadnezzar made to execute all these wise men that includes Daniel and his three friends because they were part of this group of wise men. Look at verse 14. When the king, uh, the commander of the king's guard had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. In Chinese, it talks about with wisdom and tact. What does this mean? This word literally trans, uh, translates to euphemism. It's word full of wisdom and tact. Here it shows once more the, the great EQ of Daniel. His word was, was full of wisdom and very tactful in, in, in answering to the king's commander. So he came before the king and asked for an extension, more time. And he and his three friends came before the Lord to pray. Because he knew that only God can answer and give uh, and shed light to this problem. Look at verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. You know, from prayer, it turned into praise. 
He said, God is worthy to be praised. So what is the thing that we need to learn from these first 23 verses? Two things. First, we need to understand that everybody has this spiritual need. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar was a very, very intelligent and very uh, resourceful king. He is this very famous um, uh, invention or, or thing that he created called the Hanging Gardens. And these Hanging Gardens was part of the seven wonders of the world during that time. But unthinkable, when faced with a problem that he cannot solve, what does he look for? He looked for the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the astrologers. Look at chapter uh, verse 4. Chapter 4. He had another dream. He had this dream about this big tree. Do you know who he looked for? He looked for these enchanters, these sorcerers, these magicians, these uh, astrologers once more. This is a person with such education, such wisdom and intelligence. He would look at these spiritual, at these things. Yes. Because all of us have this need, a spiritual need that we need to fulfill in our lives. Let me show you a picture. This is the, the building for the uh, headquarters for the Bank of China in Hong Kong. If you are to look at the shape, I don't know what kind of shape. Well, would you see in this? Does it look like a sword to you? Yes. Yes. So when they were constructing this building, they have consulted with the most most famous and well-known uh, feng shui master in Hong Kong. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar calling all these astrologers uh, enchanter sorcerers uh, into his midst. And this uh, feng shui master said to the bankers, you know, in, beside this building is the HSBC building. Look at, look at the, the rooftop or uh, roof deck of HSBC headquarters. It looks like there is a, a structure that looks like a cannon there. Then if you are to, to uh, construct a building, erect a building right beside it, the, the feng shui is not good. So that's, that's why they made this decision. So that's why they made this sword-like structure. So that they can fight each other. Imagine, this is the year 2000. People still engage in these superstitious beliefs. 
我是一个Bankers 这个不是迷信。This is not superstition. This is what we have inside of us that's, that's seeking God. But sad to say, we are looking at the wrong God. We have replaced the true God with these false gods. But He created this need in, inside of us that step by step we will be searching for the real God. So don't, don't just uh, tell other people that they are superstitious. And don't, don't just castigate other people for their beliefs. Don't be so arrogant in, in speaking to them. Step by step, we, had, we need to introduce the real God to them. You know when um, Paul was in Athens preaching? He saw that all these people were worshipping different kinds of idols. In fact, they have this, they're a shrine for the, to the unknown God. Paul wasn't angry. And Paul didn't say, you are a brood of, of superstitious people. You're, you're worshipping devils and the idols. Paul wasn't like that. And, I, and Paul said, I believe all of you are very religious. Even the unknown God you want to worship. Now I would like to introduce you to the God you don't know. And, got, and Paul used that opportunity to preach to them. So may the Lord help us. We need to recognize man's spiritual need. The second, these uh, verses uh, will teach us how to become man of prayer and worship. Daniel is truly a man of prayer. Chapter 2 shows us how he and his three friends prayed. And as his was custom was, we see in chapter 6, he prayed customarily three times a day. And for the sake of Jerusalem in chapter 9, he fasted and prayed. When he was about to be beheaded, the first thing he did was to pray. And he invited his three friends to pray with him. Your church, no matter what kind of difficulties we may be facing, do not forget to pray. Keep the main thing, the main thing. We have to keep the main thing, the main thing. As Christians, what is our main thing? Prayer is our main thing. But what's more important? He turned that prayer of request into praise and thanksgiving. Look at verse 23. After he prayed, he thanked God. 
就系领苏荷瓜，换进瓜官所叫嘅，将我嘅大字毫难指明。I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So, this is something that we need to learn. Yes, in everything we pray. But we don't just stop by, by, uh, with our requests. To become, we need to become a person of thanksgiving, a person of praise. Let me ask you. When was the last time that you gave thanks to God? When was the last time you praised God? May the Lord speak to you. What is, what is the second aspect? Here Daniel interprets the dream for the king. From verses 20, uh, 24 to 45. We can divide these uh, 22 verses into uh, two portions. The, the content of the dream and the explanation of the dream. Let's look, let's look at the content of the dream. The king asked Daniel, Can you truly tell me what the dream is? And what did Daniel say? But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream, dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Daniel first gave all the glory back to God. He said, it's not me. It is the God in heaven who reveals this. Because he wants you to understand this dream. Then Daniel explained this dream. Look at this picture. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, in your dream you saw this large statue. It's very, uh, it's very uh, frightening, it's very big. And this statue can be divided into four parts. The head made of gold. The upper body that's made out of silver. The middle, uh, lower limb made out of uh, uh, bronze. While the leg made out of iron. While the feet is made out of clay and, and iron. Suddenly, a stone that was not made by man hit the foot. And the whole statue crumbled. And this stone became a mountain that filled up the whole world. This is the content of your dream. But Daniel did not explain. During the second part, from verses 36 to 45, Daniel here interpreted the dream to the king. We can uh, divide this into five parts. The head of gold, a silver chest, Brass belly, iron legs, and a rock that cut out by human hands. 
What is this golden head? This is the kingdom of Babylon and the king of Babylon. This is the most accurate and most clear part of the explanation. Because this is the explanation recorded there in the Bible. Look at verses 37 to 38. Your Majesty, you are the King of Kings. The God of Heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands, He has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky in the sky. Wherever they live, He has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. You are that head of gold. This is a very clear explanation. The golden head is the king of uh, the kingdom of Babylon. How about the silver chest, the brass belly, and the iron legs? The book of Daniel has no explanation for these. There's no, there's no clear explanation for these. Instead, how did he interpret this? From uh, chapter, chapter 2, verses 39 to 40. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours, next a third kingdom, one of bronze, which uh, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything, and as iron breaks, things to pieces so it'll crash and break all out, all the others. Here Daniel clearly said the kingdom of Kadnesser, you are the golden head. But after you, there will be another kingdom. And another kingdom. And another kingdom. One will be like silver, one will be like bronze, and the other will be like iron. Here, Daniel did not give a specific explanation as to which kingdom these may be. But we are different. Because after 2,000 plus years, we have seen history. So we recognize one thing. After the uh, kingdom of Babylon, we have the kingdom of or the empire of the Middle Persia. And the Greek kingdom. And lastly is the Roman Empire. So from it, we have we can explain this from the point of view of history. And let me 
make it clear this is not how the Bible explains this. This is through the uh, perspective of history. Head of gold is Babylon. Silver and silver chest, it, this could possibly be the Middle Persia. The brass belly could be the ear of the Greek. And the iron legs may be the Roman Empire. We can see this from the chrono- chronological order as recorded in history. Let me again reiterate this is not how the Bible explained this. But I want you to take note of something. This is not the emphasis. The emphasis of the Bible is not that this should be the Middle Persia, the Greek, or the Romans. What, what is the Bible trying to tell us? Everything is under God's control. Whether you're the chest, you're the belly, or the leg, they're all under God's control. Whether it's truly the Middle Persia, the Greek, or the Roman, it's not that important. What's more, most important, our God is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Everything is under His control. That's why in chapter 2, verse 11, He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. Everything is in God's hand. Because history is His story. But the, the emphasis of this dream, of this uh, statue is not in the image itself. The emphasis here is the rock cut out not by human hands. Look at verse uh, 44 to 45. In, 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 the, in the time of those kings, the, king, uh, the God of heavens will set up the kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all the kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the visions of the rock cut out of the mountain, not, but not by human hands. A rock that broke iron, the bronze and the clay and the silver and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. The emphasis of this whole dream is in these two verses. After these four great empires, God will raise up another kingdom. This is a kingdom that will remain forever and ever. Now we know. This is the future kingdom of Christ where Christ will reign forever. Because Christ will reign forever. What is it that we can learn from this? Two things. The first. Know that God is a God who alone does marvelous deeds. God is amazing. Because of this dream, it 
causes a great chaos in the Babylonian kingdom. In fact, it went to a point where the king wanted to execute all the wise men of, of his kingdom. When the king dreamt of this big tree, and that dream has caused this very proud king Nebuchadnezzar to bow down before God. Look at if you remember the book of Genesis. God gave Pharaoh two dreams. And after Pharaoh uh, had Joseph interpret this dream for him, Joseph became the prime minister of whole Egypt. You know, you know during the time of Jesus, when Jesus was uh, crucified there on the cross, God gave the wife of uh, Pontius Pilate a dream. And the wife sent men to, to talk to Pilate. Don't uh, don't get involved in, this, in the life of this innocent man. Because I suffered so much in a dream because of this person. God can use dreams to affect the life of all the people. Probably you'll ask me this. Will God still speak to us in dreams? In fact, the whole Bible, 66 books in the Bible has revealed everything to us. God doesn't need to use dreams. I agree partly and I disagree partly. I'm sure that 90% of the time God will use His words to speak to us. But it doesn't mean that God will not use other ways to speak to us. Because God alone will determine things. So we can cannot limit the works of God. There are things that we will not be able to understand completely. As long as it is not against the truth as revealed to us, we should not jump to conclusion that this came from the evil spirit. We need to have a humble heart to wait. Because time will prove whether this is true or not. Many years ago, there is a group of people that travel from Malaysia to the Philippines. The person in charge was a woman. He uh, proclaimed herself as a prophetess. And she had this great influence among the Chinese churches. One time she said, God said that she will only live for 15 years. That's why she wanted to use these 15 years that she had in her life to serve God. So somebody approached me and asked, said, What's your view about this? God said, uh, 
God said that she'll only live for 15 years. And I said, I really don't know. I do not fully accept nor do I truly fully reject. Because I'm not God. If God truly spoke to her, how would I know? There's only one way to know. Let's wait. Since she said 15 years, let's wait for 15 years. Let's wait 15 years to prove whether she was telling the truth or not. So after 15 years, she didn't die. She changed her statement. God has added to her life another 15 years. Then I'm saying that this is a false prophet. People will change, but God will never change. God, in God alone, who will determine the things, uh, affair of things? Sometimes we will not, we will not fully understand or comprehend. But let us not limit the work of God. As long as, as it does not depart. The, the, uh, the limits of truth. Let's look at the second thing. We have to know that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning of history, He's the end of history. If you are to look at this dream that the kingdom of God has our head in this chapter, uh, second chapter, it talks about human history. The history from the time of uh, Babylon to the Medo, Medo Persian, from the Medo Persian to the Greek, and from the Greek to the Roman Empire, and from the Roman Empire to the Kingdom of God of Christ. Everything is under God's hand. Remember, nothing will happen in this world that is outside of the control of God. There's no war that will happen without God's knowledge. When, uh, when we started having this pandemic, and until today, it's only uh, about two years. We're entering the third year. Let me ask you this question. Does God know that we will have a pandemic in the year 2020? God knows. God is in control of everything. You know, in the past when I was reading the book of Revelation, a lot of things I believe but I don't understand. I truly don't understand. Example, when you open the fourth seal, look at uh, Revelation 6, verse 8. I looked and there before me was a pale horse, its rider was named Death. And Hades following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, the plague, and by wild beasts of the earth. 
开始死魂嘅人 ，twenty five percent。It will kill 25% or one fourth of the world's population. How is it possible? I believe, but I don't understand. After this past two years of pandemic, I understand. Do you know? This is according to the report this January 2022. COVID-19. You know, the number of people who have been infected by, by COVID was 315 million people. But we thank the Lord. Now, more and more cases are mild. The death of, of those who got COVID is 5.5 million. Those who died. Just imagine. What if there is a virus that's even worse than COVID? And there's no cure. So whenever you get it, you die. Will it, will it kill one-fourth of the population? It's very possible. May the Lord help us. We don't have to fear. Because God is the Alpha and Omega. Everything is in God's control. As children of God, we have to have this very positive attitude as we face life. Number one, we have to remember our lives is in God's hands. If God wants us to live, we will not die. Whether we, if God wants us to die, then we cannot remain. We have seen so many of these kind of situations. And we see these people in, in critical care in the, in the hospital, they're about to die, but they don't die. And this person who looks so healthy, they suddenly die. Because our lives is not in the hands of the doctor, but it's in the hands of God. I don't know if you know. My whole family, in the start of January, we got COVID. But we thank God. It shows that our time is not up. So after seven days, ten days, all of us are okay. And all of us only had mild cases. God is saying, you cannot leave yet. You are not done with your work yet. Because our lives is in God's hand. Second, God has given us different kinds of antibodies in our body. There are People who have no fear of COVID. They, they, are, they are not vaccinated and yet nothing happens to them. Probably God has, I don't know, maybe God has placed antibodies in, the, in their body. And everything is in God's hand. The third, God has given us already given us the laws of life and health. So you cannot just try to test God. So you have, you have time to rest. So you have to eat properly. You have to exercise. You have to have a cheerful disposition. In the midst of this pandemic, don't just go anywhere. This is a very normal life. 
And lastly, take your medicine and get vaccinated. We know. All the medicines that we have in the, this world will have side effects. So remember, God, uh, the medicine is not our God. This is the, the this is the way when there's no way. Just like COVID-19. There are a lot of arguments whether we should get vaccinated or not. Of course, all of them have their reasons. If you ask me, should I get vaccinated or not? I'm fully vaccinated. And I'm vaccinated because of this reason. I'm doing this for other people. Because I'm a minister. I'm, I don't want it to hinder my service in the church because I'm in, in contact with a lot of people. For the sake of other people, I need to get vaccinated. But I know that ultimately this God who will watch over me, not, uh, not this vaccine. So I want you to understand this thing. God is the one who instigates all things. Life starts from Him. And life will end with Him. So may the Lord help us. Lastly, the outcome of Daniel's interpretation of the dream. And there are six, uh, two, uh, two uh, uh, results. The first, Nebuchadnezzar came to a correct understanding of the true God. Look at verse 47. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings, a revealer of mysteries. And for you, uh, for you, you were for you were able to reveal this mystery. Now, Nebuchadnezzar did not have a conversion. But he said, "Your God, the God of God, is the Lord of Kings." The seed has been planted in him. Second, the second result. Nebuchadnezzar promoted Daniel and his three friends. Look at verses 48-49. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position that lavished and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. The king gave Daniel and his three friends very important responsibilities. A crisis became an opportunity. So Daniel and his three friends that's why Daniel and his three friends became God's vessel to be used by God in that foreign land. We praise God. History is God's story. All of us have part in this, uh, in this story of God. We will become witnesses for the Lord. We thank God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You are the God of history. 
Alpha and Omega. You are truly the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and you are the end. Our life is in your hands. May the Lord help us. That we will have a relationship in your story, in your history. Just like in the course of history, like Daniel and his three friends, we will become witnesses for you. Use CBCP as our church. That in the course of history, we will truly become witnesses for you. As we are about to celebrate 35 years, may the Lord use the church in the next 35 years that we will continue to witness for you for, to, to, throughout the, the whole world. May glory, all glory be given unto you, Lord. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Next week, we will look at Daniel chapter 3. About faith that persists even if he does not. Even if he does not. Look at this uh, uh, 30 verses and study it well. Let's meet again next week. May the Lord be with you. Amen. Amen.